freedom, amen? To drink coffee or not to drink coffee? This is the question in the 21st century world. Explaining faith. Let's have a look at this first scripture in Philippians 2.12. Let's go through this. We're going to plow through it. So get your Bibles out, maybe a pen, a notebook, and we'll be finished before you know it. But I've I got a message in my heart. I've got a message. It started last Sunday night. And I talked about David, young David, 17 years old, taking on Goliath. The attitude, the, that young lad, the, you know, a bit of an upstart. No, no, because he was humble, but he knew he's God. He knew he's God and he knew the covenant in God. And you come against me with javelin and spear, but I come against you in the name of Jesus. He didn't say that then, but we say it now in the name of Jesus. We come against that sickness. We come against that depression. We come against that poverty. And we've been doing that since the church has been going for 13 years. Who knows what I'm saying? That's our authority. So help me. Christianity is not about being meek and mild and saying, oh, I'm just pleasantly saved. You know, it was a tragedy how Jesus suffered on the cross. Uh, you know, why did he have to do such a thing? Some people can't even bear to watch the Mel Gibson movie um, because it's an offense to them. But I would say watch it and understand that why we become Christians and why we decide to build the church and why we're compelled to preach the gospel is because of the reward of his suffering. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? So he was mocked, he was whipped, the beard was pulled out by its roots, all for our sin. He died for us. He died in place of us. And if you're saved, you have chosen Jesus to pay that price. And when you have someone paying a price like that for your life, you decide in your heart of hearts, I'm going to honor that man. Just like the Anzacs are being honored now, I mean, in the 70s, there was a little bit of an honoring happening. I certainly don't remember going to a lot of Anzac meetings in the 70s, but then the 80s come, the next generation come, and they said, my God, what? These people paid for their life. They've thrown themselves over barbed wire. They've gone in and they've taken, you know, they've risked their life and paid with their life for our freedom. And the young generation, we saw that this morning, how they brilliantly uh, being part of the church. Who loves that, that there's different people ministering in the church? You know, it's not a one-man show because I, myself, am about raising up another generation. Uh, the future is in the youth group on Friday nights. The future is in our kids. The future is in this generation here and then their kids and their kids. So we've got to really believe that we can do our utmost, our utmost to leave a great legacy. Hence, the land, the building is all about this, leaving a legacy for our kids. Because when I got married, I said this, uh, um, we, we need our own home. We're not going to rent. I made that determination straight up. We're going to have our own home. Literally, and by faith, I believed, and by faith, I called it into being, if you could say. And a house turned up three months after we got married. And we did the same for the house of God. We said, we're not going to be the tail. We're going to be the head. We're not going to rent a factory. We're not going to meet in a school hall, although we did. And actually, we did five years in a tent on this land. We pioneered this church, pioneered this house by a lot of commitment, sweat and tears, bringing equipment in, setting it up, tracking it down, dragging it back off the property. We've done that, but it's all by faith. 
And look at the result now. This is the fruit of faith. Let's give the Lord a hand right there. This is faith right now. You're sitting in faith. You're in a house of faith. And we live by faith. So let's look at this first scripture. uh, Philippians 2.12 says, and can I say this first statement? Let's work out our salvation real quick because these days will demand people to be rock solid in God. Is that great? So that's my first radical statement. Philippians 2.12 says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Our faith is a principle we live live in and and live by. Our, Our faith in God is something as a number one principle that you must appropriate and live by if you are to survive as a Christian. Because there's many people that responded to an altar and said yes to Jesus, even at Billy Graham or this house or some other house, but they never went on to be with the Lord. They never, they're not in the house. They're not worshipping. They're not committed. Their family is not in the house. And so without faith, it's very hard to negotiate the kingdom of God. Say the kingdom of God. Isn't it great to see Matt and Fiona with their precious baby too? Hey guys, give us a wave. Awesome, awesome. This is what I want to say to you. Faith, the Christian life of faith is not just good intentions. A lot of people have good intentions. Some, some feelings about God, good feelings, good intentions about God. But you need faith. You need faith. And it's not faith that is something nebulous, something out there. You can be certain of it and you can be absolutely positive about it. It says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Does it not say that? Is this coming up behind me, by the way? Yeah, that's great. Now faith is being sure of. Say sure of. And it's being certain. Say certain. Faith is not trying to believe the impossible. It's believing something that we're certain of. We were certain that we were going to purchase this property and build a church. When the doctor said to me, when my little daughter, Jilly, is now all grown up with her own baby, and the doctor said to me, Westmead Hospital, because she was behind a curtain at my nephew's house, and my nephew was wondering why the door wouldn't shut, eventually shut it, cut the top of her finger off. I went through every red light, got her to Westmead Hospital, and the doctor said, look, and it was hanging off by a thread, the top of her finger. And the doctor said to me, look, it's... It's no use putting it back on. Look, it's just not going not gonna to take. And look, just we're, we're going to better just leave that. I said, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, come on, come on. Remember David? I said about David with the attitude. You come against me with diagnoses and symptoms. You come against me with that stuff. But I come against that, that diagnosis and that symptom. I come against that in the name of Jesus. And I said to the doctor with eyes like this, with a little bit of a... A David look in my eyes, a young David look. I said, in the name of Jesus, that finger's going back on. Amen? And so, oh, all right. So uh, I guess this is a young doctor. So I could speak to him like that. And, uh, and then the older doctor come along. And he said, what's this? Are you doing? I said, yeah. I said, this finger's going back on, man. Look. And we, we took the face cloth of it that we wrapped around it. And, and 
you know, and we took it off, and he went, yeah, yes, well, yeah, yeah, that should go back on. And the other doctor just lost his composure. He went, oh, okay, yeah, well, I guess, yeah. And, and I said, yeah, that's right, it's going back on, baby. Put it back on right now. He said, yeah, we'll get her into surgery, and tomorrow morning we'll stitch it up and rebuild the, the, the nail bed and stuff like that. It was crushed off. Guess what? This kid is worshipping. She's usually up there playing the keyboard, writes songs, songs that ended up on Home and Away for a week, and, and she needed that finger. That's, that finger is absolutely important to a piano player. Amen. Come on. Faith. Faith is an attitude, man. He's got an attitude. Yeah. I've got an attitude that darkness sucks, that the devil sucks, that sickness and, and cancer suck. Oh, I haven't heard a preacher preach like that. Oh, yeah, okay, well, that's the way I think about it when I see my mother-in-law who's had a skull, top of the skull removed and cancer taken out of it, now with just one eye and uh, living, uh, you know, a life that's not quality life, but a life... But she's living by faith. You saw her last week on the front row. Isn't that right? That's why I reckon that we've got to bring on the kingdom and bring on what God wants in a situation. And that takes a little bit of attitude. So now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, number one, there's three levels of faith, three levels of faith that the New Testament talks about. The number one, first one you can write down is justifying faith. Thanks, guys. This faith brings us into a living relationship with God. When you said yes to Jesus, when you turned your back on sin and you said he's the way, the truth, the life, he come rushing into your heart. He forgave you of your sin. You have a right relationship. He loves you. He cares for you. He's around you. He's for you. He's with you. When you had that, say simple faith. Simple faith. When you had that simple faith, when you believe what Jesus did on the cross, who believes what Jesus did on the cross? Who believed that was for their soul, for their life? Who believes that? Put up your hand. Put up your hand. I just want to... Just, yeah, that's great. You knew somehow in your heart of hearts that this was real and simply you gave your life to Jesus alright let's look at this hallelujah um, then he calls us and we call you to live by faith because the Christian life is not about just coming to the altar and saying yes to Jesus and then it's all fine. The Christian life is about becoming a disciple, which means that you honor the Word of God. When I got saved, um, something so precious happened in my life, which was happening already as a young boy. I just wanted to please God. Who's like that? When I got saved, I, John, I just wanted to please God. My whole family now was being presented, like if he did here with his child, Bethel, I presented my whole family to God. And I said, like that scripture says in the word, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And so we honored God. I had loose ends and sin and stuff. And, and by faith, I chose to deal with that. By faith, I said, no, that's not pleasing to God. That, that goes. And when someone asked me, some of my old raging friends, you go to church, you're a Christian now? Oh, tell me, what is it like? And all I could say back then is that like, the more I went to, to, to church and to God, the more I took in the Word of God, the more I was filled of the Spirit, the more the other stuff just came out like a bottle, like a, like a cup. 
filling a cup. And if you keep filling it and it's got dirty water, guess what? Like my hot, we figured out why our tea tastes so terrible. My hot water unit is spitting out brown stuff. And wife and I go, gee, this thing now, we've got to change brands. This is terrible stuff, guys. So, you know, and we worked it out as the hot water unit spitting out. I haven't told the girls yet. They're just finding out. So my door, sorry, guys, to inform you of that. Um, and, and, and so, but I emptied the kettle out. Thanks. Thanks, guy. Empty the kettle out, and I just pour this, this fresh water in. Pour it in. The more you pour God in, the more you pour the Spirit in, the more you pour the water in, the more that other stuff will come out. Does that make sense? The more it gets displaced. It gets displaced. Now, if you want that life, that's what you get. But if you want the other stuff, it'll just stay there. The Holy Spirit's a complete gentleman. You want that? You want that bong there? You want that idol there? You want that thing there? You want that? You don't want to do that in God, but... The Bible says that we're disciples and the Bible says that we're to follow his commandments. Amen. So that simple faith is about now living by faith. But there is a second component to our faith and that is doctrinal faith. Doctrinal faith is who you know of God. Who is God? It's an amazing thing. Doctrinal faith is, and this is where a lot of people are at, your doctrinal faith is who God really is. And if you want to know who God really is, go and look and understand through the Bible who Jesus is. Jesus was God. Who believes that? Jesus was God. God was Jesus. So if you, un- if you want to understand who God is, look at Jesus. And God is holy. God is gracious. God is just. He's judge. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. God is holy. God is, he has character. He has a nature. God's character. And how he is, because God is not just an impersonal force. He's just not some. God is real. He has personality. He has a nature like you. He has character like you. And when you understand how God should respond, then you can pray to God doctrinally. But God, you said Abraham did that when he was pleading the case for those people that God was going to wipe out. But God, you're merciful. Come on, you really are. I guess I am. It's like your own kids coming to you. Oh, Dad, you really love me. You know, you know I've been giving you a hard time, but you do love me, don't you? You do, Gemma's where she's really good at that. Yeah, can I just stay up with my friends? But you really do. You kill your kid. But doctrinally, we know and should know who God is. When you know who He is, then you can come to the prayer meeting and say, God, you're merciful. Spare this town. Spare this place. Lord, save souls. Lord, you wish no one perish. Yeah, that's right. I wish no one perish. Come on, give me some more. Give me some. And, and you're building a case. That's what prayer meeting's about. Doctrinal faith. Does that help someone? And, 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 it's, and it's knowledge, revelation of God. Some people need a revelation. Some have their own idea of God. Some have made their own idea who God is. But God is revealed by revelation of the Word of God. Amen? Who believes that? So that's why you need the Word of God. That's why Andrew Flaxman reads the Bible for an hour a day. He's got to know God and hear God and see God. He's trying to work God out still. Like we all are, Andrew. Who is God? What does He stand for? What's His nature like? What's His response should be? Does He want me to prosper? Does He want me to be stony broke? Does He want me to be healed? Or does He want me to be sick? 
Does he want me to have a family? Does he want me to have kids? Does he want me to have a big house? All this is about doctrinal faith. Do you know what I'm saying? When you understand who God is, doctrinally, biblically, it's a good day. Amen? Let's give it up for Jesus right there. I'm pushing on. I'm pushing on. The third one, this is where I'm getting to, is living by dynamic faith. This faith is the faith that you need to live by day by day. See, see, you've got to make a choice to live in faith. People who don't live in faith are negative. Oh, your sister's sick. Oh, gee, I knew someone sick too. Oh, tragic. What sort of sickness? Oh, yeah, yeah, my brother had that. Tragic. Yeah, oh, gee. Oh, just, oh, great. Just the friend I need. Now, the other version is, your sister's sick. Yeah, but hey, do you know that the power of God, the supernatural power of God can change that circumstance and and you've got an attitude man because i've got an attitude about sickness and i believe god wishes that your sister not be sick and so because i'm tracking with god and know god and know doctrinally who god is and that i'm in faith i'm feeling god's heart for your sister i'm feeling god's heart for your situation and that's when you get people good strong christians are able to come around your life and say well guess what brother it's going to change that situation, that circumstance, it's going to change. Who knows positive people like that? Who's bugged by positive people? Look, no, I want to whinge. I want to complain. Help me. I want to rehearse this stuff. Whoa, look at the doctor's list. Look at, the, look at this. Look at that. Uh, you know, I'm not interested. I know my God and He's going to heal you. He's going to change your life. He can transform you. Faith like that is radical faith. Let's go to this story in... Um, and I'm pushing through, I know, faith in Jesus' ministry. This statement, I know I'm pushing through, guys, but the Holy Spirit who lives in you as a believer is the Spirit of truth. Get that. He encourages you to believe the authority of God's Word. This Word says this about your sister. Some other people say something else about your sister. Now, Someone's wrong. You say something about a situation you face that is like this. God's word says, His promises say it's like this. Someone has to be wrong. Is it God or is it you? When you submit your life, your attitude, your spirit, your mind, your body, when you submit yourself to the Word of God, to the attitude, that's why it says, in the attitude of your mind. Your attitude, man. Your attitude is of faith, understanding, God, that's not your purpose. That's not your will. Man, your will is, is for good, is to bless, is to, is to heal, to prosper. Who's with me on this? So when you get the attitude of your mind happening, because it's in the Word, that's a, different ball. That's, a, that's a different day for you and I. When you've got a church like that, when you've got a church of people coming to the house of God and saying, my God, we believe for revival. We believe for souls. If I had everyone coming into this church this morning and say, man, I believe it's going to be a great day if his baby's going to be dedicated. Wow, what sort of prayers is if he going to pray? I've heard this guy pray before. Wow, what, what's, what's going to happen? Could you imagine such prayers come out of him? My God. If you had faith for that. Hey, I heard about this church, Seatsury Tugra. Heard you get saved in the place. 
Oh, I heard you can get healed. I heard you can prosper. I heard I can bring my youth, my kids to this youth group and they get on fire for God and want to obey their parents. <gasps> With that sort of faith, if you have people living in faith, the house becomes robust. It's an atmosphere, it's an environment where things can happen. Even now, I believe things can happen by His Spirit because I'm building something in the house. Let's go to the story of Lazarus, faith in Jesus. The Word of God says in a lot of situations that God heals people by faith. Let's go to this. I'm going to leave my notes, but yeah, let's go to faith in Jesus' ministry. One of the key things you need is to understand this, that when that God responds to faith, faith brings down heaven, faith is the collateral that you do business with, it's the heavenly money, the heavenly stuff that you transaction with. I'm believing, I'm believing. Here, here's my faith. God, here's my faith. I'm believing, I'm believing. Got any more faith? Yeah, I got more, I got more, I got more. Continue. To, to trade with faith and something will break, something will happen. You know, that fear, that doubt, the negativity, you've got to let that stuff slide and you've got to stand in your determination and believe by faith that that circumstance, that situation is going to budge. And I believe that's what we need in these days. Let's go to this story of Lazarus. This is a, a story of Jesus raising someone from the dead. And the first scripture, what is it? John eleven four. I have to crunch this now. Jesus used to go to this house. It was Mary and Martha's house, house of Bethany. Lazarus, the brother, used to live in this house also. Jesus used to go to this house. It's two miles outside Jerusalem. And Jesus would go there to have his needs meet. Who knows Jesus was human? Who knows he was a man but God, God and man? Yeah. And Jesus needed sometimes a meal. He would go to the house of Bethany. That's where Mary and Martha was. Martha would make up some scones, a cup of tea, and uh, Mary would just worship at his feet. And they say, uh, like Tommy Teeny says, that they say that his, his divinity was met, the needs of his divinity was met, but also his physical needs were met. And he used to go to this house. And he'd fallen in love with Lazarus. Then he's on tour ministering. He gets word that Lazarus is dying. Is dying. So because Jesus doesn't do anything without the Father's approval, but because Jesus is so intimate with the Father, he goes up onto mountains and he prays and he worships and he's got his favorite CD and he's... And he's, he's, in, he's in this groove of God like no other. He hears God, what God wants to do for a situation. In fact, Jesus doesn't do anything unless the Father approves it and allows him to do it. As soon as he hears that Lazarus is sick, in fact, he's on the point of death, Jesus prophetically says, this sickness, or by faith he says, if I heard that Luke was sick and Garth came out to me and said, Luke's sick. I would say something like this. This sickness will not end in death. Of his reputation because he lost his arm wrestle. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, he's going to be fine. He's going to weather that storm. He got defeated. But 
I prophesy you will bounce back. And by faith, I'm coming. I'm in somewhere else. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, God, but I can get there, but I've got to go when Father God tells me to go. And if you read the scripture, he's held up for days. And, and, and Martha and Mary are saying, why are you taking so long? Why, if you're so in love with this guy, why are you taking so long? But Jesus only did what he could do. He was, and if you read the scripture further on, it talks about you only move in the light. You don't move in the darkness. You move when God says, when he approves. And so by saying, now's the time, Lord. This is what Jesus did. He said, now's the time. Is this your light? Is this your path? Is this now? And so he goes altogether too late. He turns up four days late. Lazarus has died. Next scripture. And he's saying to his disciples before he leaves, he says, look, I've got to go actually. We've got to go right now. I'm going there to wake him up. In fact, waking means not just sleeping, but he's dead. I'm going to wake him up. Next scripture. He's prophesying now. I'm going. I'm going to wake him up. We're going into Wyong and we're going to wake Wyong up. We're going to wake Tegra up. We're going to wake the high schools up next year, Andy. You've been getting into the local uh, high school down here, but we're going into the other schools. You're prophesying that. That's your stand of faith. You're prophesying it. I'm going there to wake up Lazarus. And then Martha comes out, out of the house, and she says, Jesus, where were you? He, look what's happened. He's dead. It's too late. And he says, by faith, he says, your brother will rise again. He says, she says, yeah, I, I know he will rise again when she's got this theological answer now. And she says, I know that he will rise again. And Jesus says, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. I am the resurrection. This is in uh, John 11 verse 25 I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will 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 never die do you believe in this he's basically saying I'm the resurrection and the life Martha guess what if I'm on the scene it's coming alive it's coming alive and God can resurrect by his supernatural power anything in and around your life by that same determination of faith and by the word of God it can happen it can happen by faith if you speak it if you prophesy it, if you declare it that thing can be moved it can be resurrected whatever it is your calling your family your children your finances your job whatever it is if you do this by faith Speak it by the word of God. He performs his word, by the way. God's performing his word. Speak the word. He's going to perform it. He's going to do it. You've got to stand on your authority. You've got to stand in faith. Declare it. Believe it. Speak it. And it will shift. Who believes in this supernatural stuff? Who wants someone around their life when they're sick to have a, a determination like this? You know what I reckon? I reckon the world's looking to the church to have that sort of disposition. They're, they're, the world's looking at us saying, you've got real faith? Well, you come and pray for my friend. You come and pray for my situation. And they're going to want you to be speaking this sort of language in Jesus' name. Jesus heals. I'm nearly done. Matthew 9, 2. You can see where these scriptures 
This is great. I love this. Let's throw that scripture up, Matthew 9, 2. Let's go through all these scriptures. In fact, some, some men brought him to... Uh, let's start again. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat when Jesus saw their faith. Love this stuff. When Jesus saw their faith, he... What did he see? Their faith. He said to the paralytic, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. God responds to faith. Next, Matthew 9, 22. Jesus turned and saw her. And he says, Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. What did he say? What did he say? Your faith has healed you. Next, Matthew 9, 29. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Of course it will. According, what does it say? According to your faith. Matthew 15, 28. This is how God responds to faith, Luke. If you had faith in that armrest, it would have been different, you reckon? Or what? You just didn't have the strength, buddy. You just... Yeah, I don't know. Matthew fifteen twenty eight. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Say great faith. Your request is granted. C3 Tugra, you have great faith. SG Youth, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Double, more, souls, healing. We're believing next year that your youth group will reach 300. We pray for that. God will respond to your faith, guys. Andrew, Jilly, the youth leaders, I'm saying to you, by your faith, you've got to pray more. You've got to declare it. You've got to prophesy it. By faith, God will respond to you. Luke 7.50, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And Luke 17, verse 19 Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Is anyone getting the idea that we need faith in this life? To get the transaction. Listen, guys, we're spiritual people, God's spirit, and there's a transaction that God wants to do. God's supernatural. You're a new creature in Christ. And all the time you should be walking around in the kingdom. You should have mercy, grace, his love around you, angels around you. Thanks, Lisa. And wherever you go, wherever you go, there's an open heaven over your life. Wherever you go, God's love is abounding to you because you're leaning into the mercy of... You're inclining yourself into the mercy of God. You've got, you got, you got your spirit inclined to God. You've got your heart in God. You've got faith. Faith people are positive people. They have an attitude an attitude of faith. Faith people see the impossible. Faith people see the impossible. They believe what God says about a situation. Faith. Next, next, next. Faith. Love this. Words of authority and power. These are the key statements. Back that one up, guys. Back that one up. That's great. Peace be still. Jesus, man, he had such... But he's telling us to do the same. Peace be still. These are key powerhouse statements by one word. Who believes that we can act like this? Smith Wigglesworth would say he's a man, an apostle of faith that lived, died in the 1940s, and he would just say, be healed. He was an English guy, gruff Englishman. And he would say, John, be healed. And they would come back, now pray for him more. And, and he would say, he's healed. He just knew just by that one statement, be healed that those people were healed. Get up and walk, and they walk. Your sins are forgiven, and they get up and live their life. 
It's awesome. Next. Could such things happen today? I believe they can. Conclusion, faith is a matter of choice. I've got, I've got no choice. You've got a choice. You've got a choice. If you let your feelings, if you let your doubt, if you let your fears, your own rationale, God's not rational. His ways are higher. His thoughts are not your thoughts. What's God say? Jesus always knew by the Spirit could interpret what needed to be done. By the Spirit, He interpreted Lazarus was going to be raised from the grave. I think He realized that it was an enemy, an enemy sort of strategy to take Lazarus out. He was indignant. Actually, He said He got mad when He turned up. He got mad, then He wept, then He cried over Lazarus who'd been taken out by the enemy. I believe the enemy took Lazarus out. And then God, with his heart, with his compassion, said, I'm not standing for Satan. I'm not standing for this. I'm going I'm, I'm to see him. What do you say, Father? Do you, want, do you want him set free? Do you want him to live? Yes, I thought you did. I thought you did. Right, let's go. And all he had to say, in actual fact, when he got to the, the cave, he knew his prayers were answered. He knew his prayers were answered already. Have you, have you had, had that? That you just know that somehow in your heart of hearts that this was going to be all right in your heart of hearts? Because he said, yeah, Lazarus, come out. And, and he comes out, grave clothes. Man, what's happened? You're alive, Lazarus. Take his grave clothes off. Some people need their grave clothes taken off. Some people need their, their stinking thinking removed. Some people need to get their their mind clothed in faith. Yes, next, faith. I want to keep reading that where it says, peace be still. Ah, that scripture in Hebrews 11.6 and that'll finish us off. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible. Can I just say this? Without faith, can I just say this? Can I, can I just say this? Is this, is this all right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Can, can I just say this? That every day, every step that you take, and I hope you don't walk like that, but every, every step that you take, every gesture you make, every smile you make, everything that you do in life because you live by faith, it should respond to what God would do in that situation. And God say, man, don't respond like that. Live by faith. And that would please me. Don't, don't rehearse the negative with your friend about their sickness. Don't do that. Stand by faith. Say that they can be healed. What's it say? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Andrew, don't, don't, don't just recline back into what you got now. Believe for more. That pleases God. Are you happy with 100 youth? You want more. God's please. If you were just happy with just 100, he's going, man, you know, my son paid a big price for more souls than that. But when you say, I want 200, when I want 300 youth, God's happy with that. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those 
He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Let's all stand. God bless you. Thank you, Father. Right there, right now, Lord, we pray. Let's pray right now. Father, we're asking for a spirit of prayer to come into this house. We're asking right now, Lord God. Faith is a choice. Faith is a choice. Let's just close our eyes just for a moment. Father in heaven, dear God in heaven, let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. And if we're lacking in faith, let's ask the Lord to forgive us of our lack of faith. Can we do that? Can we do that right now? Paul said, I boast in my weakness. In my weakness, you are strong. So just say, let's, let's lift our hands up like this if you could. Lord, I've been li- trying to live a Christian life without faith. It's ridiculous. I can't get anywhere. I don't see any action in my life. I don't see any breakthrough. I don't see any miracles. In fact, the opposite. Things are falling over. Things are getting worse. And in fact, I'm finding it hard to even come to church. And in fact, Lord, I can't even pay my tithe. And I can't lay hands on sick people that I know. And I can't even read my Bible. Lord, would you help me in my weakness? And God loves transparency, folks. God loves you to be real with Him. Don't put on a disguise. Don't pretend. But just say right now, Lord, forgive me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. Lord, you said my rational mind cannot understand God. By the Spirit, by my Spirit, Lord, help me understand you by revelation knowledge. Just pray that right now. Father, help me understand who God is, who you are, Lord, your character, your nature. Quicken to my spirit a spirit of of faith. Quicken to my heart a spirit of faith, Lord. Lord, you're placing a demand on me and my church to stand in faith, to prophesy, to believe, to declare, to come to church with faith, to speak to my friends in faith. Lord Jesus, I'm asking right now that, Lord, I pray that that you would find faith in my heart when you come, that you would find me standing in faith. No matter what circumstance, no matter what I face, I determine, I believe, I choose this day to stand in faith. There it is. There it is. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in Him. Living living as a Christian is all about faith.